0: I want to speak from the book of Exodus. There's a lot of stories about mothers in the Bible, but I think one of my top three for sure is the story that we find in Exodus chapter 2 is where I will get involved in the story. And we're going to look at a wonderful truth and also a incredible cast of characters that made it all come together. The Bible says all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and those that are called according to His purpose. It's more than probable that mothers have guided more children into the kingdom of God and all the sermons that were ever preached. Now think about that. More of you... And myself, were are guided by our mothers to come to know Jesus in a personal, intimate way, 24-7. We go to church only for an hour or so, but mom was 24-7, and literally 24-7. And mothers have always been highly esteemed, highly honored, highly praised, and rightfully so. And yet we're living in a day where there are some disturbing changes taking place. And so I want us today to not come in on a negative, but to come in on a positive. That all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. If you're a mother, God gave you a child to raise in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, His Creator. He had a plan. He had a purpose. He chose you. And he promised not to ever leave you nor forsake you. And he promised that where you're weak, he will be strong. And when you're discouraged, he'll have a way of encouraging you. But in the second chapter of Exodus, let me just read from the verse 1. There went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter... Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse a child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went, and listen to this, and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give you your wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. What a story. How every piece of that story has a divine meaning. Everything you hear about Moses and the story from the time he was born until the time he went to heaven has the touch of God upon it. The love of a mother is hard to understand. I'm not even sure all women understand it, but I know no men understand it. How a mother can do what she does is unbelievable. Nothing is more beautiful than a Christian mother. There's nothing that compares to the beauty of a Christian mother a mother that is chosen to rear her children, her grandchildren, great-grandchildren, or however far it goes in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And when you look at all the stories in the Bible, I do not know of any that are more beautiful than the story that I have just alluded to concerning the mother of Moses. As I read this, as I thought about it, as I'm preaching it even now. I am thinking of how difficult it must be to be a mother and also thinking about how many girls, young women, are being led away from understanding the most gracious, blessed thing that can ever happen to you. Is to be a mother and rear a child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The temptation comes on every hand as our homes are under attack. Mothers are right up there at the top with the dad. Moses came into the world with the sentence of death upon him. He was a child that was to be executed. He was a child that needed much to protect him, much. Or he would die with the other children that were going to die. And God sought to it to survive. He needed a mother. A mother that knew God and loved children. And especially her own. It is fortunate that the fact was the only thing that I believe could have helped Moses survive was A mother a godly mother and that's what he got that scripture my god shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory you know what all of us need is a christian mom if you did not have one you can't redo the past but if you become one or you are one you can be a godly mother and you will be blessed as well as the child and so many others If you had, and I did have, a mother that loved the Lord, we've been blessed. Oh, goodness, we've been blessed. I wonder every day of my life, I have television, I live in Houston, Texas, I know a lot of people just like you, but you know something, it's hard for children to grow up. I know how hard it is in Houston, and I've traveled in a lot of places of the world, and it's hard over there, but I don't think there's anything that we could say, well, it's a lot easier to raise a child over here in Houston than it is in wherever. Oh, I don't think so. I think more than any time in history, we need revival of our marriages, revival of our homes, revival of our priorities, that we, God, has put us together, husband and wife, to rear children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, and both are needed. And without it, it can be catastrophic. Isn't it interesting how this thing progresses? This story, how God gave her a plan, a plan for what to do with that baby. I can see some just by looking at you. You're saying, "I wish God give me a plan." to what to do with mine. But you know what? God has one. And God has one. But let's get back on this one. God had a plan for this little baby. Carefully, he selects a material to surround the baby with in making the basket. And if you've ever been to the river there Nile, the you'll know that it's not the place you'd want your mother to push you out in. This mama couldn't afford the finest clothes. She couldn't use her credit card. She could not take the child to be entertained. And she's facing, how in the world am I going to rear this little baby that has a death sentence? When this baby is found, this baby will be executed. That was the plan of Satan. Here's the point I'm trying to make. We need to surround our children with the things that will protect that child. For instance, the friends you keep, mom and dad, are they good for your children? Do they set a good example for your children? The man that you marry, mom, if you're single and you're uh, fixing to get married, or if you are married, uh, how about dad? Is he a spiritual leader? If not, how can we pray that dad would get saved and become born again so he could come alongside mom and protect that child and be what a godly man is supposed to be? But you see, when the Bible says don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, it is important that young people understand as you look for a mate, if you're a believer, find one so that that child can be raised in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. How about the places you go? You're concerned, your parents were probably concerned about you, mine sure were me, about where are you going and what time will you be back, and you have a 10-minute leeway. Pasadena wasn't as big as it is now, but you could still make an excuse for being late unless your parents were my parents, and if you weren't there, they'd come find you. You say, well, I just don't like what kids are doing these days. Let me ask you something. Do the kids get together and say, I don't like what mother and daddy are doing these days? You reckon they ever have that thought? I guarantee you they do. Go to the counseling center. They'll tell you. How about the things you do? I just don't like what these kids are doing these days. How about the things that we do as parents? What about the things mothers are doing? Are they... Good examples for our children? Are we just worried about what's happening to this generation? You know what they may be asking? What's happening to the older generation? They seem to have a lot more things on their mind than rearing us in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. But you know what? Moses' mother was careful in her selection. And so should we be. But she came to the place. Now listen to this where she had to turn her child over to God. Now, if you don't know what that means, we need to talk privately. What does it mean to dedicate your baby to the Lord as you see these on the platform doing? What does that mean? What that means is, as you see your children not going to church, not watching Christian television, not going to Christian movies, not reading Christian books, not running with Christian children... What is that saying to you and how can you lead them to come to the conclusion that the greatest bunch of young people in the world that have it all together are those that love Jesus and love each other in Jesus and have moms and dads that support that and would not think of taking their child to see something or do something that they know can do nothing but destroy that child. Well, Moses' mother was very careful, even into the making of the basket, where that little child was going to be for a little while. And at dawn, she put him in a basket. I can see it being very emotional. I'm sure kissing the little one and pushing it out into the river. She had done the best she could. She used what she had to work with. And I'm fully aware as I speak to people today, literally all over the world, there's a lot of moms that say, I don't get much help. Our churches are crying out to you right now, especially our church here. Bring your child here. Let us help you. Let us encourage them to obey you, to love you, forgive you when you need forgiveness to pray for you, to encourage you. But you see, that's what she did. When she realized, I'm at the end of my rope, we would say it today. I've done all I can do. My little baby is under a death sentence from the government. I have got to get some help from God. And she took and gave that baby to the Lord. I don't have any doubt to, that she did the best she could. With what she had to work with. But you know what the encouraging thing about giving your kid to the Lord is? He can handle it. I heard some amens there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. It's one thing when your parents don't know what you're doing. It's another thing when God knows what you're doing. And God is the best father. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you give your child to God, God can do things that his aunt, uncle, or his best friend can't do. I can't do, or you can't do, but God can. All things are possible. I'm sitting right now looking at a lot of folks. And you would know, Pastor, go on with that. Because when I was young, I thought as a child, I acted like a child. But thanks to Calvary, thanks to a godly mother, thanks to somebody who told me about Jesus... And you're like that old cowboy, ain't what I ought to be, ain't what I want to be, but thank God, ain't what I was. Because my mother and daddy brought me to Jesus. My heart breaks as the public schools are having more and more squeezed around their neck as to what they can and can't do. Oh, I remember the prayers in the Pasadena schools. I mean, we'd have prayer in the morning, salute the flag. If your mother and daddy couldn't handle your discipline, they could. And I see several coaches here that I remember about them. They could, if mother couldn't, and just said, Coach, would you take care of him? And guess what? He became a saint almost instantly in a few seconds. But, of course, that's the thing. Oh, we can't do that anymore. Goodness gracious, the Bible teaches you to discipline your kids. We don't want to do that. God forbid that our children be disciplined. Just turn them loose. Listen, you can't even have a good bird dog without having some training, all right? (laughs) And the same thing is true of kids. You've got to train up a child in the way it should go, and when it's old, it'll not depart from it. Amen? And you can't do that by yourself. That's the reason your kids need to grow up in our student ministry, in our children's ministry, and that's the reason our church has put children first from the day it was started. And now, across this row right here, I'll start over here with freeman tomlin when he came here he was that long (laughs) and when he got to high school he was no saint all right but when he got saved he's now preached the gospel to many many thousands of people and now here and with our senior adults god bless a godly mother and a godly daddy john wills we buried his mom this week another one I could give you 150 names but here's my point mom we're here to help you but you gotta come you gotta serve you gotta pray you've got to let your children know there's nothing more important in this family than upon the Sabbath day we're gonna keep it holy And we're going to bring our children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord and allow them to hear God's plan for their life from the time they're young. And mom, we dads have failed you. Many times we have failed you. But don't you quit. Don't you quit. Pharaoh's daughter came to the river. You remember? To bathe. She pushed the baby out in the river. Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe and she found the baby and you remember she was upper echelon i'm not going to raise that baby i'm going to find somebody else to do that i'm not going to change those diapers that's that takes too much humility i'm not going to do that i'm going to find somebody else (laughs) and guess if you don't know this story of all the people and the mothers in the world unbeknowing to what was happening with the characters in the story, the mother of Moses was picked to raise her own child. Does that say anything about priority to our families? Mom should be the authority in the home in rearing that child along with her husband to train them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord because nobody can take their place. I know as I'm preaching this, if somebody say, Preacher, I wish... I'd have heard this 20 years ago. I can't do anything. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can be a part of helping to bring these children up through their teenage years, through their college years, to help them to be what God wants them to do. It's strange sometimes how God does things. But God always uses others to help, just like in this story. The pharaohs had to come down. Daughter had to come down to bathe, and then she was the one that took it from there. And then here comes the mother. You see, it's just teamwork. It's one after one after one after one. Now you take this child. The scripture says, and nurse it for me, the baby's mother. You take and nurse this child, and I will pay you your wages. Mothers. Would you like a deal like that? <laughs> Would you like to be a stay-at-home mom and rear your children and nurture and admonition of the Lord and somebody pay you? And I don't mean with some God bless yous. I mean with some filthy lucre. <laughs> That'd be quite a job, wouldn't it? I mean, because you'd get to see everything, your own mistakes as well as the triumphs. And you know what? When moms raise their kids... In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. They see a whole lot more victories than they do defeats. They're not 50-50. They're not 500. They don't bat 500. Because moms that love the Lord have something from God. And he will provide your need. But they have something from God. That women that don't know the Lord do not have. They have women's tuition. But they don't have God living in them. And it's Christ in us that's the hope of Glory. If I were to ask this question to you, and I'm going to ask it, but how are you going to answer it? Mom, does the world need more mothers like you? You don't need to nod your head, it's rhetorical question. Does the world need more mothers like you? That will pour themselves into their children. And will protect that child and love that child. If you know anything about the animal kingdom, you know. That it's the female that you better watch after if you mess with a kid. And that's the way it's intended to be. Mothers are to be possessive of their children. Mothers are to protect their children. But mothers need help in doing that. And that's where the rest of us come along to help you, Mom. And I'm just telling you, we're available. Everything that we have is available to help you. But you, as the mom, have to make the decision, as for me... I'm going to serve the Lord. And I'm convinced that if we can help our moms along with the dads to train up our children in the way they should go, that we can change our world. But it's the only thing that's going to change our world. The only hope of the world is for God to do something in his first earthly institution of marriage and in the home the family. It's got to come from there. It will not come from any school, any seminary, any university, any other place. It's got to come from him. If we can help our mothers, show us a way, Lord. Where do you think Moses got his faith from, if you know the story of Moses? I'll tell you where he got it from. He got it from his mother. Look at the faith she shows in these stories. Where did he get his courage to say, no, I will not be the son of Pharaoh's daughter? Where does he come up with that kind of thing? It is because no one meant more to him other than God than his mom's example. And you know what God wants? God wants us and you moms to let him help you. And as the bride of Christ, the church, God forbid that we not help you because God wants the church to have the strongest ministry to children and teenagers as is possible because mom, you need help. I don't know how you do what you do. I wash one towel a day. You know, one change of clothes a day. It wears me out. (laughs) How do you handle five? Goodness gracious, you know. You'd think you'd have a washateria instead of a garage. But mom, I'm pleading with you. Let us help. You see those cards in front of you? They're there every Sunday. You know what they're there for? Do you need somebody to pray for your child? Oh, no, I'm sorry. We don't throw them on a the table and say, Dear God, have mercy on all these kids. God bless them. Let's go eat. No, sir. Every one of them are looked at. Everything you write is read. I get those after they come through a system, and I pray, and other staff members pray. Why? Because we know we have a responsibility, Mom, to help you. Don't do it alone. You may divorce. The daddy may have walked out. Don't leave your family, the church, the church. Mom, you're special. Mom, you're loved. You've got an army of people here that would love to help you in any way we can. We owe so much to Mom. There'll be a lot of graves visited. A lot of them yesterday were visited. There'll be more today. And the memories will come as the tears are shed. But listen, the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the family of God, the extended family. And mom, when you need help, the family is going to surround you. But you must trust the Scripture. The Bible says Moses was a goodly child. In the second chapter, verse 2, it says, A woman conceived, bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him. For three months. I'm not sure I know all the definition of that word goodly. But I think what this means is. That God had a purpose for that child's life. And she knew it. And she was going to be a part of it. She didn't know how. All she needed to do was. I can't handle him now. I must pass him on. And I'm going to pray and leave it to God. God made Moses into exactly what he wanted him to be. God has a plan for your children, and God had a plan for Moses. In Psalm 127, verse 3, is that beautiful passage of Scripture, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. God gives us children not just to keep civilization going, but gives us children that we can bless while they're young and they can bless us as we get older. And when that is put together, good things happen. The love of a mother cannot be replaced by the love of the dad. And the love of the mother has preeminence. One word. That describes Jochebed is faith F-A-I-T-H faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God how do I know what to do who do I need to give this child to who do I need to take my child to that can help them first of all take them to the Lord we sing a song take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there and then let the Lord lead you and what to do next, but he's always in the equation. The root of Jacobet's faith was the Word of God. That was the center. In Hebrews eleven six in the New Testament, it says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently." seek him not occasionally seek him diligently seek him all the time lord what would you have me do lord what would you have me, what has he got into now oh dear god what do i do now well bring it to me and i will guide you but mom regardless of what your situation is your kids love you and they're following you and wherever you lead they're going to go They're going to start thinking like you think. They're going to start doing what you do. They're going to start treating others like you do. They're going to start thinking like you do. That's the reason you need. We need each other. We need all the spiritual gifts. We need all ages of people. We need people that love God and love children. And that's what this story is all about. And if you're struggling, Mom, and you just can't find the answers, here they are. Right here. Every problem you got is solved right here. You say, no, I'm unique. No, you're not. You're just like the rest of us. You're a sinner, either saved by grace or still lost. And if you're lost, you got to get saved and be born in the family of God. And then all power that's given to him will be given to you. And when you're weak, he's going to be strong. And when he needs others to come around, that's when the church needs to be there. And that's what it is for and when you know the Word of God, listen, I'm almost through. You got to do the Word of God. Why call me Lord, Lord, I know the Bible, I just don't do it. I know you, God, I know the Bible, but I'm going to do what I want to. I've got my friends, I know the ladies I run with, I know who my friends are, I know what I do on Tuesday, I know what I do on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I just enjoy my day with the girls, and all. there's nothing wrong with that unless it takes precedence over being a mom. And so the requirement is that you do something. If you keep on doing what you're already doing, you always have what you already got. And if you say, well, I don't have any problems at all, I need you to preach next Mother's Day. <laughs> and I promise you I'll sit right on the front row because I need it. I need it. And by the way, I never preached to anybody that I don't first of all think about, you needed that, John, more than they needed to hear it. You needed to learn it. That's just the way God works. Luke 6, 46, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I command. There's some things God commands us to do, like remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Study the word of God. Show yourself approved unto God. Workmen that need not to be ashamed. Those are commands of God. Pray. Study. Serve, give, go, love, on and on. She didn't throw him in a river. She just put him in a basket and sent him out to God. And you know what she saw? She saw God reward her faith. That's what I'm praying for you, moms. I'm looking at some of you. I know some stories. And this past year, God rewarded you according to your faith. Thank you, God. Thank you. Kids have come home. Things have been changed. The marriage has been strengthened. Maybe our counseling center helped you. Maybe a staff member helped you. Maybe just a brother or sister in Christ helped you. But there came that time where you were not just going to sit there and die. You said, we are going to serve the Lord. And when this story all came together, it ended in a powerful, powerful way. It's the best part of the story, and I want to end with this. Pharaoh ended up... If you don't think God has a sense of humor, listen to this, if you had not thought about this. Pharaoh actually paid the bills of baby Moses, who ultimately came back and took over his kingdom. Now, you go home and study that. Now, you think about that say, what do he say? I said, Moses, baby Moses, we talk about baby Moses today, is the one, you did see the movie, didn't you? You remember Charlton Heston? Okay. Well, he's not a writer of the Bible, all right? But I want you to get this before you go home. God used mother and the baby. And he paid the bills. Pharaoh paid the bills. And they the ones that drowned in the river, okay? And who was the culprit? Moses. I bet when he woke up in hell, he thought, why did I ever do that? I'm talking about Pharaoh. That was a mistake. It sure was. But you know what? It's never a mistake when you bring your children to Jesus and leave them there. And no, no. If you bring your child here and you leave them here in our children's building and say, we'll, we'll pick them up in an hour, don't you think we just stack them over like cordwood in the corner? What we're saying is we'll take care of them till you come back to get them. That's what we want to do with you as a church. We want to help you take care of them. And when the time comes for the Lord to come get them and you, we can look to this story and say, that's what I tried to do. I tried to turn lemons into lemonade. I tried to take that which was bad and make something good. But I finally came to where I had no hope but in Jesus Christ.